we're going to talk about some sexy songs hey. as we lead our way into episode two of Two Wine Crew. I am Tiffany, your host, and I have my friend Aaron here. Hey. And we're going to talk about the lovely songs of Prince and Jodeci. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm. Are you ready? Yes. So let me hit you with this little historical fact. How familiar are you with the parental advisory sticker and the history of that? Um, I know that Two Life Crew, or I think that Two Life Crew are the ones that got the parental advisory label slapped because they were upset and they said that it was their constitutional right that they can do, um... Me so horny. Oh, yes, so I, horny. we covered them on the first episode, but it wasn't Two it Live wasn't Crew that? that kicked it off. Oh. It was when Tipper Gore heard her 11-year-old daughter singing Darling Nikki. Get out! She was like, my stars, what the fuck is my child singing? <laughs> this is obscene. Are you serious? Yes. It was Tipper Gore? It was Tipper Gore and the Parents Music Resource Center, and they were dubbed the Washington Wives because obviously they had nothing better to do than talk about the obscene music that bothered them. Oh so, you know, no shade to Tipper. I'm sure she like wanted to like save the kids from being, Mm -hmm. you know, having their eardrums violated with songs about masturbation and you know, a sex worker inviting Prince up to her hotel room. Oh my God. But that was the song that really kicked it off. And she was like, wait guys, we got to listen to this music. There should be some labels on this. This stuff needs a warning label. And basically it was only something that lasted for two months. Mm -hmm. And now we have parental advisory stickers that are still used voluntarily on albums. But you know, the Washington wives, Tipper Gore and her crew, they started such a stink about it. The recording industry, they're like, we don't have time for this shit. Like, hip-hop is really taking off. Mm-hmm. Like, we are making money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. Let's just, fine, we'll slap a label on this shit. But it's still voluntary. Mm-hmm. It's always been voluntary. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to run into any of the drama that the MPAA ran into when it came to NC-17 and... Mm-hmm what's obscene and you know they just didn't want people digging too deep into the music they just wanted to create their music and make their money but as we know with all media it definitely has an effect on the culture long term Mm -hmm. as we see now as people talk about you know like eating booty like groceries on the radio that is my jam that is my jam and i love that song you know what? When we played it at the wedding and all the adults looked around and they were like, are you serious? Because we were all of us. We were like, you got to eat the booty like groceries. And all the adults were kind of offended. But that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's okay. Hey, hey, um, um, uh, Gabrielle, you need to eat booty like groceries. She, she said it. She said it. She was like, if I'm going to eat your booty like groceries, you got to eat mine. It's, it's, it's give and take. This is yeah. a relationship. I mean, that's grown people shit. Exactly. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I like this? Why am I like this? (laughs) Oops. Oops. I curse too much. 
and it's like everyone's like, oh my god, Gabrielle is so nasty. And I said, you know what? You're only listening to what she's saying about eating booty. But if you're listening to the deeper meaning, it's about a give and take relationship. Yeah, it's about keeping her marriage together, them keeping each other satisfied instead of looking outside of the home. That is right. Because it's like, if I don't eat your booty, you're going to find another bitch who will, so I'm going to eat your booty. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. And mm-hmm. in the next room, my 17-year-old is like, I don't know what the fuck is going on out there, but I'm going to stay in this room. <laughs> I apologize, teenager. I apologize. This is bad. It's just, I blame your mama. So I'd like to ask everyone this question. In your household, with your upbringing... Has a parental advisory label ever stopped you from purchasing music that would have been deemed inappropriate in your youth? Fuck no. If anything, I wanted to buy it more. Really? <laughs> your parents never, like, put the kibosh on it? Like, no, you can't listen to that. It has a parental advisory label. I couldn't uh, buy it with their money. But if I oh. went out and I earned or whatever kind of money or income that I did, I can do whatever the hell I wanted. Because oh. it was my money. It was your money. Now, they, they, they would, would not, not allow certain shit with their money. Oh, no. But if I went out and I mowed somebody's lawn or I threw out the newspaper and I earned that money, I can do what I wanted. Oh. And as long as I kept getting good grades, they didn't say nothing. The, oh. minute, I, <laughs> the minute I didn't get good grades, all that shit was taken away. But, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those grades are important. You got to bring the good grades. You listen to this ratchet shit with that 4.0. That's right. That's how it works. That is right. Trick love the kids. Trick yeah. love the kids. <laughs> for the kids. Trick love the kids. All that. I'm going to get my future children a whole... They have Wu-Tang onesies that say, Wu loves the kids. And I'm Aww. going to get that. And they say, I'm an old DB. I'm an old dirty baby. And I want that. Oh, That's cute. I know my kid just watched Enter the 30s. Or what is it? The 36 Chambers. 36 Chambers. <laughs> he just watched that and he was like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. And I showed him photos of when I was his age Aww. at backstage at a Wu-Tang concert. I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> yes. I'm like, well, how the hell did you do that? I mean... No, it was only because Raekwon's little brother was there, and he we were the same age. Aww. But those grown-ass men were very respectful grown-ass men, and they were like, little-ass girl, you can sit here with this other 17-year-old, and y- y'all drink this soda and get the fuck <laughs> over there in that room with an adult that will make sure you guys stay, you know. Little-ass girl. Be little ass teenagers in the room. Go watch some cartoons. Because at that point, they're all fathers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some of them were probably old enough to be my father Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was a very innocent time backstage for me. I don't know what. No, I don't. He wasn't there at that concert. Of course. (laughs) Yes. It was um, Method Man was there. He just went back to his room and he looked thinner yeah <laughs> um and it was you god raekwon and did you watch the showtime special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what made me pull the pictures out when he was watching the showtime special and it was like oh your mom has some wu-tang history for you you know what i love about wu-tang wu-tang is the only hip-hop group that i can think of you know currently that any race, I don't care who I've met, whether it's black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people, 
Everybody loves Wu Tang. I, I, old people, young people, Republicans, Democrats, everyone loves Wu Tang. Everybody loves Wu Tang, and there's nothing funnier to me than seeing a six-year-old white guy from no. Oklahoma start spitting verses in thirty-six <laughs> chambers. I love it. I love. And for some reason, that group reached everybody. Yeah, it's it's kind of like DMX. DMX with his angry ass self, he reached everybody. I can't say that about a lot of artists today. Or even back then, there's certain artists that reach yeah. everybody, and then, yeah. Like our boy Prince. Prince reached everybody. You know, I have to admit, Okay. when I was younger, I wasn't that much of a fan, because I thought he was, like, trying to be a girl, but that was my own prejudices. I was just like, why, why is he dressing like that? Like, why does he look like that? But I did love his music, and you can't deny his musicality. Man no, <laughs> not at all. What was your first experience with Prince, and what is your favorite Prince song? <sighs> my first experience with Prince, okay, so I used to be a dancer, and my dance recital was to When Doves Cry. And oh, my God. <laughs> and it was like, do, 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 like, <laughs> you remember the routine? I'm, oh, my God. It just, and coincidentally, that is, one of my favorite songs. Do I? Uh, if I had to pick a favorite, it's a toss-up between "Wind Does Cry" and "Let's Go Crazy." I fucking love "Let's Go Crazy." Yeah. But ah, uh, it's a toss-up. I mean, I also love his current song "Breakfast." Can't wait. Definitely too. And after that, we'll turn it on to clean the house. Like hell yeah. But yeah, it's it's a toss-up between "Wind Does Cry" and "Let's Go Crazy" and. My first experience was when I was taught the dance routine to Wind Doves Cry as a ballet routine. Oh. That coming. Ballet routine. I was seven years old. My mom has it on video, so on VHS. Ooh. <laughs> Throwback. Right. And that's my first experience. And that song, the beat was so addictive as a seven-year-old that I was just like, who is this guy? And then I saw the man with makeup on his face and tight clothes. And I was like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. His music and his ability is amazing. And because of When Doves Cry, I discovered the rest of his discography. Aww. <laughs> so that so When Doves Cry is your favorite song. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say Let's Go Crazy because I fucking love it, but When Doves Cry, I just have too many memories of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a very like specific memory that will <laughs> stay with you like you're seven you're dancing to when doves cry you were like fuck i am so artistic let me throw I, this leg up ballet time I was like, and then looking back on it as a 30 something year old i'm like what was my ballet teacher thinking like, she was like Okay, kids, this shit knocks, and this is what the fuck we're dancing to. I know it's not a part of the Nutcracker, but it is tonight. Isn't that what? You know, I applaud her creativity. We need more people to teach when doves cry as a ballet recital to seven-year-olds. We need that. What do you think? He's like, I like Prince cool. Prince is cool. What do you think? Um, I think... The kids are not getting enough art anymore. They're just not. I mean, when we lost Prince, we lost a real one. Like, that level of creativity just really does not exist. Or it's sitting untapped somewhere because everyone's so focused on, how many Instagram followers do you have? 
you should be able to sing songs since you have, you know, 3.8 million Instagram followers. Let's make you a star. When really, no. And not only was Prince a real one, but this man played 17 and taught himself yeah. how to play 17 instruments. Everybody now is auto-tuned and they, they're just, they're a whole bunch of Cardi B's and no respect, to, uh, no disrespect to Card, uh, Cardi B. Do your thing, girl. But, you cannot sit there and call yourself an artist. You you are an entertainer, and you yeah. absolutely are. But Prince wrote, produced, made, created. Oh my God, he did. Mm, yeah. And I feel like his style of music, just what he did, the artist that he promoted, like everything that he has written is very far-reaching. Like. Sheila E, Glamorous Life, um, Vanity Six, Apollonia, Morris Day. I mean, everything that he wrote, we're still rocking with it. (laughs) Like, if a Prince song comes on or anyone that he had as a protege like i'm still all about it like it's gonna get the office rocking it's gonna be my morning commute song Mm -hmm. it's just i love it and even when he went from being prince to prince rogers to the artist formerly known as prince (laughs) yes to a symbol like even with all those changes that man's artistry cannot and will not ever no be touched I mean, when he when he left us in twenty fourteen, I thought it was twenty six. It was twenty sixteen. Oh my bad. When he left us in twenty sixteen, and, and I'll never forget, my freaking Uber driver was like, "Oh hey, Prince died," and I said, "Wait, what?" So of course, like, excuse me. Wait, what? Yeah, right. And I looked it up and I said, "Nah, it's a hoax." I, I did the same thing when Paul Walker died. I was like, "Nah, it's a hoax." And I was like, "Oh shit, it's really real. It's real." Mm. And it's the way he died. It's not yeah. that he didn't die going out living his best life. He died from pain because he was taking painkillers in his elevator. Yeah. It was really uh, a loss. That was really a fucking loss. He had 30,000 songs in his vault. And because he never had a will, damn you, Prince, for never having a will. I know. They're, they're going to release them because they were like, oh, well, we can do what He didn't have a will. I can't believe that. You know, I find that to be like so. I feel like no matter what, if someone doesn't have a will, I feel like you should still respect their wishes. That's what I'm saying. If, you know he doesn't want to If the artist felt like they whatever they made wasn't good enough to their standards to release right there. Don't release it right there. Like it was there because maybe he was going to go and work on it again and make it, you know, give it that perfect print sound, whatever he wanted to be. You should never release someone's unreleased art just for profit. Exactly. And it's like, I know people know this because I, as a fan, I'm, I'm not some, I don't work in the industry or anything like that. I'm just a lowly fan. And even I know he did not want that release. No, he was so precious about his work. He was so serious about it. Like if it was not perfect, we were never going to hear it. Wait, that's the jam. I'm sorry. I love that song. Why do I feel like I don't know that song? Oh, girl. Yes, you do. Quick, put it on, put on. I know. I'm going to have to mute it because, you know, I don't have money to, like, get these, you know, release, get this license to play things. 
<laughs> sing it to me, Erin. Sing it. Oh to my me. god, you I can don't sing know. it to me. I only know breakfast. <laughs> breakfast yeah, like, wait. You know I what? Have. There was a new Prince song. I don't know because I make a, a Spotify playlist for every episode. Mm. So, um, there was another song that. Uh, what was it? Lonely. Another lonely Christmas. I had never heard that before. And I guess they release, I don't know if they just released like an expanded edition of Purple Rain or something, but there were some songs I'm like, damn, I, my mom was a big Prince fan. She was always a big Prince fan. Like we, let me go ahead and date myself. Back in the day, I had a CD-ROM video game where you could go into <laughs> my son making this face like CD-ROM. What, what is uh, that? <laughs> no, it was a CD-ROM game. Let me see if I can find it. But you could go into like Prince's Lair. What? You're crazy. Yes, it was something that I played all the time. It was a interactive CD-ROM thing. It was, oh, is it called The Collection Chamber? Prince Interactive, The Collection Chamber. Uh, never heard of it. <laughs> yes, oh my God. So I just pulled it up on this collectionchamber.blogspot.com. Somebody got all these screen caps. Um, what? Yes, so this is Diamond and Pearl. It came out during that album. And you could just do like, random things like you were just in his world you were at paisley park or some shit i used to play the game all the time because oh paisley park that's the name of his mansion that's what we did in the 90s we played on our computers because we were the first with the internet thanks al gore right don't you agree i think he agrees he's like yeah he's like interwebs and it's cool i guess (laughs) But I had that little CD-ROM game, and then I bought my mom this Prince, like, it was a full discography and a whole, like, just, like, sort of a biography, but not really, because he was so private, we really didn't know that much about his life. And, yes, more wine. Oh, my God, I didn't shout out our wine today. I'm so bad. Oh, don't be bad. We are drinking Nobilis. Ooh. It's from the Portugal region, and it is um, it is a white wine, but they call it Vino Verde, Ooh. and it's very light and effervescent. You said it looks like water. That's how you get drunk because it looks like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't ever drink. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. As I drink more wine. I- Devil's juice. Wow. You made him religious. Yes. Devil's juice. Wow. <laughs> That's all that private school teaching. I love it. Shun the winos. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, she, um, I got her like this book set about Prince and then I played that CD-ROM thing. Like Prince was a big part of our household. I should look through my stuff. I might have the old CD-ROM. Did you ever get to see him live? Yes. Damn you! I've never got to see him live. So, back in the day when I couldn't appreciate it, because you can't really appreciate shit when you're like 22. True. Um, And was I even, was I a parent? No, I don't even think, 
Wait, I gotta go do some math now. Let me see. Are you breaking out a calculator? Yeah, because I have to see what year that was. You don't have to break out a calculator. It he performed at the Grammy, so it had to be. I was a mom. No, I was not attending the. No, I was not attending the Grammys that year. Background voice. No, I was. I did work the Oscars. But that was a couple years ago. Were you a production hound at the Oscars? No, I used to do other production stuff. And, oh, my God, I'm, like, a Jane of all trades. I used to, like, I started my entertainment career in working special events. So I was a personal assistant to a celebrity chef who shall remain unnamed. Um, Gordon Ramsay. No, and you know what? I was actually, I won't even say the gender because there's just, there's very few of them at the level that this person was at. Um, But I was actually the second assistant for this person. And, you know, just always at like high level events. I love it. This is kind of like Devil Wears Prado. Yeah, I was second assistant. Oh my God, you were Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I was Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and the first assistant, she was not mean. She was actually a really good first assistant. She would try to shield me from a lot of the wrath <laughs> that would come down. Oh, it is for the chef. Yeah. Mm. And it was a weird kind of thing. But mm. I ended up dating this guy who worked in music because, you know, when you're in your early 20s, all of these old motherfuckers <laughs> in there, which granted, I mean, I'm in my thirties now. It's not old, but still just word of advice. If you are a man in your thirties and you're dating women or really girls, cause you're not a grown ass woman at 20, 21, 22, yeah. you're still a fucking girl. You are a stunted ass adult dating a child. You guys would have never crossed paths in middle school or high school. That's gross. So I was dating a guy who worked in the music industry mm-hmm. and it was Grammy weekend and oh. he was like, come out to LA. Cause you know, people like to show off their little 22 year old girlfriends. Cause you're also fucking stupid at 22 yes, and you are. full of hope in life. You're a fucking idiot, yes. but fun to be around because you're, you're attractive yep. and tight and young. So of course come out Grammy weekend. So he invites me out. This is before the House of Blues vanished off of the Sunset Strip. I know. It's so sad. LA is killing its own culture. Yep. And Prince had performed at the Grammys that weekend, and the House of Blues shut down for a private party. He was like, hey, I have to do some business things. You can hang out in the foundation room. Here goes your pass, whatever. Just sit right here. And like 22, I sit my ass right there where he told me to sit because that's what 22-year-olds do. This is true. And I'm like, oh, my God, Morris Day is in the room. Beyonce's in the house. Prince is in the house. This is 2002, right? Yeah, this had to be like 2004. So this is before Beyonce was like goddess Beyonce. Yeah, like she was just starting to break out. Okay. He came into the House of Blues, and it was just like a whole, like, fucking presence just stepped in the room damn and like i was still new to california so it was just like oh my god i can't believe i'm seeing these celebrities i'm from the fucking midwest i am not jaded yet Uh, so (laughs) prince straight up 
no more than five feet away from me takes out a guitar. He's playing in the foundation room, just grooving. And I'm like, oh my God, this shit is amazing. But I wouldn't know how amazing that was until I hit my thirties. Like, fuck, you're never going to see him in concert because now he is no longer with us. So I am very grateful for that, you know, that opportunity. It is so tragic. I think about, I'm so jealous of people that are able to have seen the greats in concert i never got to see any grace in concert whitney prince yeah okay let's get back on track oh, prince prince my bad we talk about prince we should you know what i do want to do an episode about women in r&b women in hip-hop mm. and like how they had to conform to a certain idea of what femininity is you should do an episode that just that talks about Lil Kim just oh no I have a two hour episode planned for Lil Kim Lil Kim literally needs to be studied that woman no no comment you know I'm probably gonna have five people record on that one I mean to have oh because that's a two-parter that's a two-part Kim 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 needs to be studied. If they did a, a biopic about her, I would be first in line because she does. She has issues, but she's talented. Yeah, she wants to be black, but she wants to look European. That oh, she needs yeah. to be studied for real. I I would love to interview her if she would be open to it. I know Kim, uh, Kim makes me so Kimberly. She really does make me sad because I recently saw a picture of her and her nose is cut to hell. Her face is all light skin, and yeah. I'm just I'm really sad. Her, her cheeks have cheek implants. It's it's very. I mean, this industry does kill you when you are an artist. Like this industry is very toxic. It is very dangerous if you're not surrounded by the right people. It's true, and it's like not only was she not surrounded by the right people, but the guy that she was in love with was in love with biracial girls, Faith yeah. Evans and Charlie Baltimore, mm-hmm. and she wanted to look like them, and that shit. Yeah, it's a Ooh. mind fuck. Yes, it is. Reminds me of somebody that we know. Dudley made me say it. Oh my god, Dudley, stop bullying people. Dudley is my Siamese. We all know Siamese are bullies, so. He's an asshole. So, how much Prince do you listen to now? And did you play Prince at your wedding? Well, we played Let's Go Crazy. Because you had to go back to that song. <laughs> and, and, and we played Breakfast Can't Wait. And only four other people had heard the song. So they were like, hey, Breakfast Can't Wait. <laughs> you and this song. I mean, maybe I, I should get the song. lyrics printed up on a t-shirt. And we did. And gift it to you. And towards the end of that, we played Call Me. Oh, my name. Oh, I love that song. That's a sexy song. That's my sex song. That's, one that's of, your sex that's song. My, I mean, if I need, like, if I want to fuck, I have other songs for that. But if I want to, like, be sexy, I put on Prince. And call me. Yeah. And woo. And adore. And who? Adore. Ooh. That's a good one. Oh, that's a very good one. Let me see. I'm Do you feel that Prince, you know, Prince is like, He's a very rare person because he had this very androgynous kind of vibe. But Prince was getting all the women. And not just, he was getting the fine women. 
all the women wanted Prince. And everybody was so funny. They were all the black guys were like, "How is this possible? He looks like a chick." And I was like, "He's the freakiest motherfucker in here." So you need to take some tips yeah. from him because you sitting here judging him by how he dresses, but he's getting all the bitches. Yeah. So you need to obviously take some tips. I mean, I'm and not- they s- continue to love him even exactly. when they had falling outs. Exactly. He's- they still loved Prince. And they said, hey, we didn't work as a couple. But yeah. That man has my heart. All of them yeah, have said that. Yeah, I love him. All of them have said that, especially Vanity before she passed. Yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, we had falling out, you know, professionally, but I would always. I love him. I love him. And I will always love him. If it wasn't for him, he taught me how to play guitar, she said. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, was, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know. He was the one that advocated for her to be in The Last Dragon. I didn't know that. I did not know that. But he then they had a falling crazy. out, and then he didn't include her in, you know, Purple Rain. <laughs> he got Apollonia instead. He did, but he did. It's weird. He didn't want her to be in Purple Rain, but he advocated for her to be in Last Dragon. They must what? have. Maybe they made up before, you know, when that happened. Maybe they fell out during the casting of Purple Rain and then got back together. He always seemed to have very difficult relationships with women, but solid relationships. Like he, like any human being, I feel like there's always going to be mm-hmm. conflict between, you know, your relationships and how you think things should be. And I feel like he was always like, a supporter of women and women owning their sexuality. Mm. But then he also had his own thoughts when it came to his beauty standards, what kind of women he wanted to be surrounded by because they didn't always look like you and I, they were a very particular kind of woman and they all did kind of look alike with the exception of Lisa and Wendy and they all were mixed race. Yeah. Until his later years when he came out with that, that one song, I think it was called Black Sweat. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, whoa. Okay. We we got some some like it's darker skin women. I feel like Prince went he never fully, at least in my personal experience, I he never fully went for white women, but he did no. go for mixed women and he did go for black women with Eurocentric features but i yeah. never felt like he went for no and he would never he would never pass no and he was always very vocal that he was a black man he damn sure did say that oh, repeatedly yeah he's like no i'm black repeatedly and everyone's like well you can't be and it's like what, the, what do you mean you can't be what so black comes in one shade what yeah. are you saying get the fuck out of here have you seen the continent of africa yeah like are you that's another thing you gotta tell people africa the continent not a country because well, I had to educate a few people. <laughs> you know, education's not a big thing over here. For some <laughs> reason, I don't fucking know why. But when it comes to geography, Americans have a problem with it. This is true. A lot of people don't know that Mexico's in North America. So, but we won't go there. <laughs> no. Tune in to my next podcast about geography in America. Do you feel like Prince had an influence on your own sexuality coming up as a young woman? Yes and no. Yes, because I re- I was like, oh my God, why is he wearing assless chaps? But- <laughs> Shout out 
about Jamie Foxx in Living Color. If you get the time, go ahead and Google Jamie Foxx in Living Color Prince yes. and watch that clip. Yes. <laughs> with the ash, the butt out jeans. <laughs> I want to say yes and no. Yes, because I was like, oh my God. Like, why is his butt out? Look at his butt. Oh my God. His booty is so great. But then again, no, because I didn't experiment until college. I was such a late bloomer. I didn't have my first sexual encounter until college. It took a long time. And by then, I didn't, I had kind of left Prince behind and got into my heavy hip hop reggae phase. And Beanie Mon, head time. Beanie Mon, the girls, them sugar. Oh my God. Do not get me started. Okay. Back on track, back on track. But no, I, yes, when I was young, because my brother, my brother was deep into Prince. So I discovered it because of him. And then when I got to high school and college, you know, late bloomer, I was like, oh, well, Prince seems a little, like, dated to me. And it is weird, because I did a transformation once I hit 27. And I was like, I want to listen to Prince again. Like, his, he was grown in sexy music. And now yeah. I can appreciate it. Now I'm like, oh, hell yeah, breakfast can wait. <laughs> The breakfast can wait. The breakfast can wait. And I feel like this is just in my personal experience. I feel like with friends, I needed time to appreciate it. I feel as a young kid and a high school slash college girl, I didn't appreciate it. Why? I wasn't in a real relationship. I was in these bullshit ass one night stands. And I, I was just running around, just being like, hey, 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 pop it up, pop it up, you know, in the club. And then once I got my life together, I could appreciate his music and yeah. his lyrics. What do you think? <laughs> you know, it wasn't, I guess it was Prince by association because I love Purple Rain, like, so much that when I watch that shit, I will sit up there and do every fucking move <laughs> and slide across my living room floor performing Darling Nikki. <laughs> Because that song was so taboo and risque growing up in a household where, you know, you're raised Catholic, so sex isn't something that's really discussed. Like, (laughs) I had the birds and bees talk, but it wasn't like, you know, this is how you embrace your sexuality as a woman. This is what sex should be like when you become a woman and you enter into sexual relationships. So everything that... Like, all of my opinions about sex were formed by media. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing Apollonia, you know, purifying herself and what we later found out was not the waters of Lake Minnetonka. No! That was... <laughs> yes. That was such, like, when I saw her on screen, like, as a little girl, I thought she was so beautiful. Apollonia? And that was, yeah. Yeah, she is. I mean, she was fucking beautiful. I hate her. And it was like, God, when I get boobs, I want my boobs to look like this. Can I wear a leather outfit like this? This, cause she, what she was wearing, like a leather outfit that had like peplum before peplum became a fucking thing. Peplum? The little peplum like thing around it, the little fabric around the waist that kind of. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, like she was another image for me to think like, oh, this is what womanhood looks like. Mm. But also, you take away from the fact, like in that movie, when she tries to establish her own agency as an artist, mm-hmm. he slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> like she did a fucking pure 
pirouettes into the drawer. He did. <laughs> like, did you just do a pirouette into the nightstand? Like, fuck. I'm joining Morris's band. And that's another thing. Prince, at least in the movie when he played the kid, he did not come across as a strong man. So when he did slap her, I'm like, well, what is this girly man doing slapping bitches? Like, what? Like, he slapped the shit out of her. He definitely He was petty as fuck fuck in that movie when he sings beautiful ones and um, she's in the audience crying like i love that fucking song it but is it was like did you just slut shame her yes he did you slut shamed her in a room full of fucking strangers and everybody knows what the fuck you're talking about to be fair it was in 1985 so it's okay to slut shame it's only now that it's yeah <laughs> and i'm sure he grew as a person throughout the movie no just in his own personal life because the kid did not grow no he didn't um no character growth he he did not have any character growth there was some issues with the kid i mean he had his own issues coming up in an abusive household so i'm sure he had to do a lot of self-work to become the prince that you know unfortunately unfortunately we lost but definitely looked up to and admired for his artistry and what he did for music in general because he was one of the first artists or the first artist to really go up against a behemoth like Warner Brothers and say oh you motherfuckers won't give me my masters I'm about to act a fucking fool until I get what I want I love it I think he is the only well not the only but one of the only and I think he's the first to be like I want my masters yeah because I remember even the Beatles didn't have their yeah masters. Michael Jackson didn't have his masters yeah Prince was like no and because of that I think that's why he has all that music in the vault yeah and that's why they really should respect his wishes but that's a whole other issue um yeah he wants his masters and Warner Brothers was like <laughs> god damn it I like because once he's, he's like, I'll make a hit out of my, you don't want to give me my masters? I'll make a hit out of myself. And that's why he wrote Purple Rain. Yeah. Purple Rain was a runaway, or runaway, was a runaway hit, and it got Oscars. And Warner Brothers was like, okay, you've proven yourself. And that was the biggest mistake they could have done because he went on to become a bigger, bigger hit. So, yeah. Well, breakfast can wait. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> you hit this damn song. Breakfast, can't wait. You know, I'm going to have to look at the playlist and add that in case it's not on there. Because obviously, as this is Aaron's guest episode, Breakfast Can Wait needs to be on that playlist. Because when you hear this and you hear her singing it, you are going to want to listen to it. Me and my husband, we be two-stepping in the house (laughs) to Breakfast Can Wait while we're cleaning the house. It's the most ridiculous old people thing that you could ever see. You guys are some old people, but you guys are adorable. You are adorable. Is he 30 yet? No, he's 29. He's 20. Oh, my God. I thought he was 27. I I even (laughs) pushed his age down further. He is 29, and I'm 34. Oh, it's okay. I mean, he's in the ripe age for getting married. So, we also have a second artist that we're going to cover. A different kind of R&B. Prince brought the sexy, but so did Jodeci. Come and talk to me. So, let me know about your experience with Jodeci, and I will tell you mine. My brother, 
I have an older brother, and he would be blasting that. Come and talk to me. Wait, did he play the original or the remix? Oh, he had the CD, the explicit CD. Oh, the explicit Ooh. one. So you're, I can't believe your parents did not tell him. Oh, they were working. Oh, they were working. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know what was going they on. They were working. So I was like, I really want to meet you. Can I talk to you? I mean, that was my shit. And then what cracked me up is that I used to watch um, the Mickey Mouse Club, the new Mickey oh, Mouse Oh, shit. And Justin, a young Justin Timberlake, a young J.C. Chazé, and a young Ryan Gosling sang Jodeci on new Mickey Mouse Club. There are clips all over YouTube. I'm going to have to look that up because I think, I mean, I'm only a couple years older than you. Is it just a couple? It's basically two. It's just basically two years. And we're just going to say we're grown-ass women. Grown-ass grown women. Grown-ass women. Woo. I mean, hey, um, we've got careers, husbands, and kids. We are grown. We're grown as fuck. Grown. So I I feel like, you know, I didn't really have cable until I was like 12. I had more access to things like Jodeci and, you know, all the different kind of music my mother was not interested in me knowing. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. Oh my god, like H Town knocking the boots. She was not thrilled. Oh my god, on the bus to camp. <laughs> oh my god, somebody rocking, knocking the boots. <laughs> and my son is like, what the fuck kind of music is this? It's the cat's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Dudley's fault. He used to sing that kind of music. He did. So I will say, Jodeci. I absolutely fucking loved them. Mm. And it was like half of the band, amazing fucking singers. The other half, they were just hot. Like one of like a quarter of the hot ones could like, you know, write music and like arrange music. <laughs> I lo- oh my God. Forever my- I love that song. That I is, it's a lovely song. song. My favorite Jodeci song is probably Love You for Life. I wanna love you for life. Yes. Like, that was my wedding song when I was, like, 14. For what wedding? I don't know, because I am still unmarried now at grown-ass woman age. Forever My Lady was my wedding song. Really? I now, did you, you just got married in June. Didn't play it, nope. Wow. Too slow. It was, wow. It was so, I love that song, and I love singing it while listening to Sade with the shade drop. <laughs> so tell me, what was your first interaction with Jodeci? Your brother had the album. Oh, yes. Uh, the first interaction was uh, my brother listening to Jodeci, but... My brother also watching in Living Color. We're five years apart. Oh, okay. So I didn't put two and two together that Forever Shanene and Forever My Lady were the same song. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, because I just loved me some Jodeci. I don't know. R&B in the 90s is where it's at. I don't know what's happened to R&B now. There's no love in it. It's all sex. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. There's I mean, sex, sex is fine. It's fine, but... But there's no... Romance. There's no romance. There's no love. Like, my big R&B... Like, I fucking love Jodeci. Like, uh, every fucking album they released, I was into it. I only know what my brother had. I never actually bought an album until Casey and JoJo's All My Life album. All My Life. I walked out of the aisle 
was all my life. Oh my god, that is funny. And the guy was he was playing it on saxophone and he had his piano and we were do he was doing that all my life on saxophone and piano. <laughs> so I um looking at Jodeci's discography. Mm. They were popping between 1990 and 1995. They had Forever My Lady, Diary of a Mad Band, The Show, The After Party, The Hotel. So for me, um, The Show, The After Party, The Hotel, they had that video. I was big on music videos because I wanted to be the next Hype Williams. I wanted to be Hypeisha Williams. I want to go freaking. (laughs) Make music videos. Mm -hmm. And they had a music video for Freaking You with the most beautiful black models ever. You will have to watch that one. Gotta get on up. Like that that was a really fun album. You said um, Diary of a Mad Band. That was a good album. That was your album. What was your favorite song off of it? Gotta think about it. Think, think. Do, 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 do. Um, that came out in 1993. Maybe what about us was a pretty good one. I don't know if that was my favorite though. Let's. I feel cry for you. And oh, cry for you was that good. I mean that song when Devonte is like all the. I think that was the one where he says all the chronic in the world. Let's look at these lyrics. <laughs> Let's see. Let's look up. What no, Fiendin is the one where he said all the chronic in the world couldn't even mess with you. And I wondered, like, what kind of things are going on behind closed doors that you would compare a woman to chronic? I've never smoked chronic. I don't know what chronic was like in the 90s, but if someone wants to let me know. I didn't know. I mean, I shouldn't have been smoking chronic. I was, I was like a seven. child. I know. <laughs> I was a child. I wouldn't have known. But it was like they they are basically talking about being crackheads yep. for this woman's love in Fiendin on that album. It was amazing. And it's just like, oh, God, Casey and JoJo. Casey and JoJo, they made, that was for people who wanted to make love. Yeah. Like Do people was- make love anymore? Nah, we listening to Cardi. I mean, and Cardi likes Jodeci so much, she shouted it out on Please Me. Gotta fuck me like we're listening to Jodeci. That's actually a line in her song. You gotta fuck me like we're listening to Jodeci. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my jam. So, please me, babe. So Jodeci, they were... They were more of a romantic band. While Prince was sexy, Jodeci was romantic. Yeah. Prince is who I fuck to. Jodeci is who I make love to. Like, when I actually wow. want to take a shower and, like, do my hair and shit. <laughs> so, I will ask you, because we're coming up on the two-hour mark. Oh, snap. Yes, because I have held you here since 10 o'clock. It's Dudley's fault. Yeah, because he's a slut. Yes, we are slut-shaming cats. Oh, Slut-shaming cats. So, as adult Aaron, do you feel like parental advisory stickers are necessary, or should parents be monitoring their own households and what kind of media their children consume? 
parents should be monitoring. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it for the parents that's just like, oh, that has parental advisory? No, you can't have it. But for me, when I become a parent, I'm going... Chances are I'm going to be listening to the same shit my kid is. I mean, chances are. But at the same time, it's like, if I don't think it's appropriate, then I'm not going to listen to it. Now, is that going to stop you in the age of streaming and digital downloads? No, that's not going to stop you, but I won't pay for it. If you want to listen to it, you go right ahead and listen to it. It's a free country. However... You won't be listening to it on my dime. You know, that's just how that's how I was raised. And that's probably how I'm going to raise my kids. It's like my parents never bought me parental advisory music. So all the parental advisory music I have is was bought with my own money that I earned either doing chores or doing little odd jobs around the neighborhood. So it's like I really wanted it. So I went out there and I found a way to get money so I could pay for it. That's just how I just like a little drug addict. That's right, damn it. You went out there and earned that money for that, that nasty music. Damn, but you know what? You know what's really funny? I only have like two CDs that were parental advisory because CDs were like $17. And I was like, that shit that. used to be expensive as that fuck. That shit was expensive because I, I was never the person that wanted a single. No. I'm like, if I'm going to drop this kind of money, I want the whole album. And that album was $17.99. So... And, and you think now, like for my son being 17, he knows CDs that are like, you know, they're $10 and under. Mm-hmm. And it was only briefly that he bought CDs before the rise of Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he doesn't buy music anymore. Like I, I pay for streams. his. Yeah, everything is streamed. Like we have the Amazon, we have the Spotify. Exactly. Yeah. YouTube Red, I have all that shit. And yeah, like. like how, how do you prevent your I mean you can if you're an active parent who is monitoring shit you can prevent the consumption of this but but I feel like you just make the you make it stronger and I'm just like you know what I'm gonna teach you right from wrong I'm gonna do all that stuff but as far as censoring music there's a lot more other stuff I'd rather censor (laughs) than your music consumption I I mean there's so much other, you know, important things to be worried about. Yeah. Then you're, I mean, I am, you know, yeah, there's certain things I wouldn't like you to listen to, but I listened to all that nasty shit growing up. Pony <laughs> by Genuine, are you kidding? Oh, yes. I listened to all that shit, and I didn't go around, how, I did not lose my, he's okay, right? Yeah, he's okay. fine. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't lose my virginity until my early 20s, you know, and I listened to all that nasty shit. That body rocking, rocking, I even it listened didn't. to R. Kelly's ignition. Fuck Ew. R. Kelly, he's a pedophile. I know. Yeah. Ugh, canceled. He's a pedophile and he is canceled. But ignition remix was my shit. I can't even deny it. It's a remix to ignition. <laughs> hot and fresh in the kitchen. Mama rolling that body. Got it. I mean, that had to be everybody's joint. in, what was that? 20, 2006? I really want to say 2004, but I to- probably am wrong. I mean, my my memory's fuzzy because I'm an old, so... You're not old! I know, why am I so extra? It's the wine. It's the wine. But it's like, I just... I don't know, how do you feel? I just feel like, yes, I want to censor the music, but at the same time, I listen to all the unedited versions, and I was like, ooh, this is nasty. Why are my parents letting me listen to this? But I... So I never, like, of course, I was not allowing my four or five year old to no. listen to no. Two Life Crew or any shit like that. Oh, <laughs> Diesel, 
like we we weren't doing that. He wasn't like I am a Stanley Kubrick fan. He is not watching Full Metal Jacket. He was not doing that as a youth. No, he's never seen The Clockwork Orange. Um, I have the movie and the book. Don't let him watch it. He has not seen that, but he is very. I always discuss media with him. That's how my parents were. And he, like at 17, he does not, he is very uncomfortable with seeing scenes where a woman is being assaulted. He doesn't watch things. He likes comedies. He doesn't want to watch that kind of stuff. Like he's not comfortable consuming media where someone is being raped. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like. I mean, you see the look on his face right now. He's like, oh. He, he does look very solemn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear that he, word. He does look very solemn. But no, it, that's exactly how my parents were. My parents were like, listen, this is how it is. But I trust you enough where you're not going to go out here and act a fool. And if you really want to listen to the unedited version, then you can spend your own money on it. Yeah. You know, but this is, I'm not going to hide it from you because this is how the world is. Yeah. You know, that's how my parents were. And I am so thankful. At first, I was like, oh, I'm such a late bloomer. I'm missing out. Exactly, but at the same time, I'm glad my parents kept it real. Yeah. And if I really wanted that unedited version, I could spend my own money on it. And it, nothing was funnier than when you're singing the edited version to people who already know the actual lyrics to the unedited version, and you sound like a fucking fool. You're like, oh, wait, that's not the real lyrics? And they're like, no. And that's the only reason I ever wanted the unedited version is because I didn't want to sound foolish to all my, you know, hardened cousins and hardened friends. And I'm like, I don't want to sound like a dope. Because I did. I sounded like a dope singing the unedited Kids Bop version. Compared to the- oh, Kids Bop! Kids Bop is the devil. It should not have been invented. I'm sorry. Because if you have to change the lyrics that much, then obviously that song is not meant for 10-year-old ears. No. Um, so I don't, I don't like Kids Bop at all. How you feel? Um, I am not um a fan of the whole kids bop thing. Me neither. Because my thing is, I feel like that is a sanitized version that's not realistic. If you don't want your kids to consume it, they don't need a different a watered down version. Then their asses don't need to be listening to it. Just go. like this podcast, if you are under eighteen, this shit is not for you. Turn that's it off right. now. Well, thank you for coming on to Wine Crew. You're welcome. I hope you like this nobilis wine from Portugal. It is very tasty. Yeah, it's a very light wine. I love it. Now, would you like some? Do you want more water? Oh my god. I'm sorry, I just offered you some wine. (laughs) 